0: Hello and welcome to the Blockchain.com podcast. My name is Nicholas Carey. I'm the co-founder and vice chairman of Blockchain.com. Here at Blockchain.com, we hand select some of the world's most popular cryptocurrencies for you to buy, sell, swap, hold, and trade right within your Blockchain.com wallet. So what makes each one of these assets so special? What problems do they solve? How many people are using them? And what does the roadmap look like for each one of these projects? So from founders to developers, We're here to talk to the brains behind the protocols themselves to find out why their assets are worth paying attention to. So today I'm really excited to be joined by Sean Ford, the interim CEO of Algorand to discuss their proof of stake blockchain cryptocurrency protocol, as well as Algorand's native cryptocurrency, ALGOS. At Blockchain.com, we take online security seriously. That's why we've partnered with 1Password to offer Blockchain.com users up to 15% off 1Password plans. For one year, friends of Blockchain.com can get 15% off family and individual plans. Simply follow the link in our bio to claim your discount now. With a dedicated password manager like 1Password, you can create and safely store strong passwords, as well as store your private keys with just a few clicks without ever leaving your web browser. All you have to remember is a single password, the one for your 1Password account. Follow the link in our bio to enhance your online security today. We are super excited uh, to have Sean with us today. So we have a little tradition around here, Sean. Uh, The first question we ask all of our guests is how did you earn Your first pound, buck, dollar, peso. When did you sort of understand that money was going to be an important role in your life? And uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, that moment where you earned your first buck.
1: I think, um, well, so I'll I'll give you two quick. So the first thing I did, I I mowed lawns for people in my neighborhood when I was probably nine (laughs) years old. And I would go door to door with a lawnmower and uh, and just offer it up. So I made, you know, uh, a little bit of of money that way. But uh, but that the the first time I realized, hey, wait a minute, I can save a little bit of money was about uh, when I was 14 and randomly uh, riding my bike with a friend of mine, went by this house where this guy was roofing the house. And he said, "Um, hey, you guys interested in making some money because I lost my crew today. So at the age of 13 years old, uh, myself and a friend uh, for six months ended up working on roofing houses at, at, I mean, incredibly dangerous and 13 years old, 13, constantly sunburned. Um, So then I realized I'm putting some money away. And that was really where I thought, hey, I might be able to get a car versus a bike. Uh, That was it. Okay, got it. So
0: from uh, mowing lawns to uh, building roofs. What was your transition when you became an adult and older to understand um, the sort of digitization of money? And when did yeah. you sort of become interested in digital currencies and crypto?
1: Sure. So I, it's funny. I, I probably would say I'm early to the game now, but I was late to the game when I started, if that makes any sense. There were a series of waves. So, um, look, I had, I, had, I had, you know read about Bitcoin Um and uh, Ethereum and and really was less. I wasn't sort of bit by the bug, you know, 2012, 2013 timeframe, but I started to pay attention when I saw and learned a little bit more about the tech, the underpinning uh, of um, these currencies and the potential the tech had to really sort of disrupt uh, financial exchange and infrastructure as we know it. And it 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 harkened for me back to you know the early days of the internet when I did my first startup and. Thought, wow, this is this is a transformative piece of tech. I always say, unlike uh, Internet of Things, which was just big data generated by devices, it's just more data. Um, I felt like blockchain had the potential to be the next wave uh, of transformation in the same way that the internet originally was for, say, information exchange. Um, and with that, I uh got introduced, uh, leaving my last company, to uh, Sylvia McCalley and um. And, uh, you know, said, I'm jumping in. And that was in 20, early 2018.
0: Oh, all right. Yeah. So I had a dinner with Silvio uh, in Paris uh, probably four or five months ago. So let's actually talk about
1: that. Um, who created Algrand, and what was sort of the original motivation? So, uh, you know, the, the easy story, and in fact, it's sort of the simple story, is that uh, Silvio, uh, you know, also was fascinated by Bitcoin. But Silvio being Silvio was like, I think we could do that better. Uh, in terms of how it transacts, how secure it is, how decentralized it is, how efficient it is, all of those things. And so he and a number of colleagues at uh, MIT got together and they wrote a paper, the original paper, and uh, came up with a new way to architect the exchange of value, exchange of assets uh, that took a different approach from what we saw in Bitcoin and Ethereum. And you mentioned it in your introduction, pure proof of stake. Uh, which was scalable, secure, and decentralized, which is something that we hadn't seen before. And so Algorand, I think, was the first truly scalable, secure, and decentralized solving that trilemma that Vitalik famously said existed, uh, but that we, um, we proved false. Uh, and so um, that was it. And he wrote that paper, I, I, you know, let's say 2016, 2017. Um, but a number of the things that he invented as the winner of the Turing Award, which is the Nobel Prize for computer science, are underpinnings in many, many blockchains today, verifiable zero-knowledge proofs, verifiable random function, you know, those are things that are pioneering enablers of the world we see today, not just at Algorand, but broad broadly speaking.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's such a great point to point out that uh, Dr. Silvio Macaulay is one of the rare winners of an extremely prestigious um, award in computer science and basically built on some of the early learnings of other cryptocurrency projects to build something a bit different. So um, in terms of that product market fit, I think one of the things to be interesting for our community to learn a little bit about, we've had um, some uh, folks come from uh, Litecoin and Bitcoin and Ethereum talk a bit about the economic uh, design of the network. And so we know that Bitcoin has 21 million units. It uses a proof of work um, algorithm, and uh, that's very energy intensive. So the um, pure proof of stake system uses far less energy. But can you go through some of how uh, the economic design of the Algorand network um, is sort of uh, implemented so that our un- our community can better understand how that's composed?
1: Yeah, so, so it's... Um... So I'll say two things. One is that, that there's the Algorand blockchain, which is what what Silvio, myself and others have been focusing on developing uh, for years now. And there's the Algorand Foundation, which uh, is is completely separate. I mean, they, they are run um, with their own board, their own executive team. Uh, and so the reason I say that is that I'm going to split your answer in, in, in the answer into a couple of buckets. One is, you know, the Algorand technology is built on the idea of pure proof of stake and why pure proof of stake. It's that unlike bonded or delegated proof of stake, which are ways that you can sort of centralize and consolidate validation and governance for the in the interest of faster performance or different types of uh, technical advantages. Algorand is pure proof of stake where the algo itself is a key component to the ability for the blockchain to propagate blocks, generate propagate blocks, where every algo that is held uh, online is eligible to be selected as part of the validation group for each block. And so, um, and each block is final in, at this point now, uh, under four seconds, it'll be uh, consistently under four seconds. And that means that every single transaction is proposed and validated in that time frame in a totally decentralized, Environment with thousands of nodes around the world, so we we move for very fast. Sake, The Bitcoin
0: network can take over ten minutes to take, validate a block. Exactly, and so, so in
1: under four seconds for Algorand. Um, Bitcoin can say can take an hour. I mean, it's eight minutes per block or something, and then they say wait an hour. Ethereum's fifteen. Many others uh, play with TPS uh, to show speed, but the actual finality of transactions takes much longer. Um, algorand everything's in that block and so the 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 way we looked at the technology was to back to your question you know the algo is critical for the propagation and and and, uh, and validation of blocks that um, the technology needs to be in efficient uh, both from a sustainability perspective which it is uh, just to give you a sense um, you know ethereum's total, Global carbon footprint approximates the country of Greece, energy comprised there. Algorand's is less than 10 homes on an annual basis. So it is a night and day difference. Um, It's designed for inclusivity with minimal fees. Um, You don't run into a situation where you want to send someone uh, you know, there's a $10 transaction that costs you $40. You don't run into situations where you're launching an NFT for $30 to create it and, and put it out. Um, Algorand decided to try to move, remove all the friction from the ability to create and exchange assets and do it in a way that is um, completely secure and built on technology that has never once had a second of downtime. So. Oh.
0: So we had a question from our community that's a little bit timely on this one. So Stuart from Twitter uh, asked a question, would love to know a little bit more about the efforts being made to support the progression of the Algo NFT market. And especially if you can share any of the details related to the FIFA partnership, um, we'd love to hear a little bit more about that.
1: Sure. So, um, the well, we have a, a pretty robust NFT market uh, sort of on Algorand now. There are dozens of projects, all different types of NFTs. People always gravitate towards know traditional collectibles or art but there's you know uh there's the tokenization of real estate which is uh which is an nft there's various types um and in in with regards to and so we we love the space i would say this is a bridging comment we think algorand is particularly well suited to help businesses bridge from web 2 to web 3 and one of the and traditional businesses do this uh, of all types, but, you know, financial institutions, uh, government governments. And the reason I'm saying that here is that oftentimes NFTs and that bridging. Uh, I'm sorry, oftentimes that bridging uh, takes the form of an initial step where there's creating NFTs of some sort. Um, and so we've certainly seen that with um, with, you know, a number of our partners where there's a great interest there. Uh, so I would say that on the FIFA uh, partnership side, The partnership is one that is uh, a sponsorship, which again, we're less excited about, although we're thrilled to be partners with FIFA, but it's a technical partnership where we work with them to collaborate in what I would call broadly bridging from sort of web two to web three, in some cases, web one to web three environments. And that can take an array of forms uh, that we are in the process of working on two or three of the the thing I will say is that we're excited just to give a little more meat to this. You know, we've had, we have daily meetings with FIFA. It's been a lot of work, uh, but we are actively engaged on that technical partnership.
0: Okay, cool. We've been working yeah. on a partnership with the Dallas Cowboys to create new fan experiences with the blockchain.com uh, wall as well. Okay. Um, and there's a lot to, to come down uh, the pipeline on that side. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about adoption. Um, if you were to do sort of a broad estimate, like how many people uh, do you guys assess are using um, Algorand globally? And then, as the CEO of Algorand or interim CEO of Algorand, like what are some of the important proof points and metrics that you're looking at, and that sure. other observers should be paying attention to to assess adoption? Is it like number of unique addresses, block time, you know, market cap? I don't know, like what are things that you know you guys um, you know are really concentrated on? Is it commits from developer communities, total assets, stable coin adoption. I don't know. Like, give us a give us a rundown. Yeah. Of what's no, no,
1: e, that's a that's a great question. So, look, adoption for us. Um, so you could look at some standard metrics. I think there's, you know, I forget, 26 million wallets. I mean, if you look at the you know, number that are, you know, regularly and regular and active, you know, it's millions, uh, you know, over five million. I think, you know, there's there's that. But there's a, a lot of additional wallets that that are out there that have been created for um, different purposes um you know the colombian passport uh vaccine passport they you know created wallets for that um so there's there's a wide range of when you talk about adoption from a user basis i mean we've been very happy with the progression of of organic wallet uh creation and we think that's a good sign of um future use because you know it's compatible with every asset that exists on uh, Algorand. so that's the that's the beauty there If you look at developer adoption, you know, we have uh, a few thousand projects that are building on Algorand or have launched on Algorand, a combination of those two. Um, You know, everyone is always looking at the developer count and it's always hard to get a a mix. But, you know, at one point a year ago, we said that we've, you know, we calculated that we created over 10,000 jobs in the Algorand economy. Uh, That was at Decipher last year. and what that means is if you look at the broad array of businesses that we know and have an estimate of the number of people working at those businesses and just do a conservative estimate, you're at you know north of 10 and that was a year ago. So we haven't gone back and looked at that statistic yet, but that's a that's a pretty interesting one. Um, uh, to look at. And we're seeing greater and greater adoption because of the fact that we spent a lot of time adding new language capabilities like, you know, Python and Java and those things to open up the aperture for developers to be able to more simply engage and build in our ecosystem.
0: Okay, cool. So yeah, major highlights, uh, 26 million wallets, millions of active monthly users, um, interesting use cases like the Colombian vaccine passport, and then broadly uh, investing in making sure that the uh, yep. Ecosystem is available for development across languages for developers. That is and on
1: on and on. By the way, just real quick, I, I'll be much faster on this. But but you know the types of metrics we look at: total value locked, and is that progressing? That shows the sort of amount of you know dollars that are within the ecosystem that you can verify. Uh, we look at obviously security of the network. We look at transaction volume, transaction speed, uh, number of transactions. All of those things are monitored as sort of engagement and value metrics, and we we look at those fairly frequently. Okay, cool. Well,
0: that's, uh, that's great to learn about. Okay, so um, I think last question here, and then we'll uh, let you get back to your day job. What can the Alran community look forward to that you're able to give us a little bit of, uh, of visibility into maybe coming down the pipeline over the next three to six months? What are some things that um, are public? And if there's anything you can share with us today that we don't yet know about or should be paying attention to at a future event, um, we'd uh, love to hear about that.
1: Well, sure. So technically, we have a couple of, of uh, you know big uh, uh, announcements coming. Um, I think some of it has been out on Twitter. You people that go to our uh, beta net um, can see those uh, capabilities. But we've talked quite a lot about uh, state proofs, um, and you know that's a first step towards broad decentralized bridging and interoperability from one blockchain to the next. Uh, it opens up an infinite number of, of opportunities to sort of Bring in new types of assets and new businesses into the Algorand ecosystem and make it more readily uh, relatable and exchangeable with others. Uh, so that's a that is a big uh, a big first uh, thing. The other the other is that you know we've been talking quite a lot about increasing our our transactions per second from a finality perspective. Again, I'm going to keep saying that, uh, and um, you know we're going to see a, a significant uptick in transactions finality transactions per second coming uh, shortly. The reason I use that is because, you know, TPS is very loosey goosey and, you know, it's like Bitcoin. You can do the transaction, but wait an hour and they you know could say it's eight minutes. They could say it's an hour. You see that across many, many chains. Um, so that's how technically from a partnership perspective, there's been a bunch of great things. I mean, we know FIFA, there's a bunch of things happening there. There's some other opportunities that are particularly exciting around assets that are being created. Um, that are again more aligned with Algorand being, I think, purpose built for where uh, traditional finance and, and, uh, tr- and governments and, and traditional businesses are headed. Um, and so we're starting to see much more pickup there, but there's a bunch of, of large partnerships. And I would say that, um, you know, as evidenced by the by example, if, if I won't go into detail, but the Bank of Italy, the Banca d'Italia, uh, you know, uh, made a large announcement a couple of weeks ago. The government of Nigeria doing music rights. Uh, on Algorand, you know, those are, are the types of conversations we're having that are particularly exciting because they move towards mass adoption and they respect the fact that people that understand how to build and run businesses want tech that they can trust that's secure and that doesn't uh, go down. All right, cool. So state
0: proofs, uh, basically broad decentralization toward interoperability across blockchains, um, an increase in the finality of transactions per second, and then uh, some exciting new partnerships that cross over from TradFi to institutional to uh, governments, basically cooperating and using more open source capabilities to do things like uh, creating property rights for the internet and uh, their assets. That is very exciting. All right. So for anyone who wants to keep track of all of this, um, follow the Algrand beta or uh, you can keep track um, here at WS Ford on Twitter. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time today, Sean. Uh, really grateful for that. If you've uh, learned anything today, um, you can buy, sell, swap, trade, and hold. I'll go right within your blockchain.com wallet. Please visit blockchain.com to get started today. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast. We're looking forward to having Sean back on at some future point. And in the meantime, everyone have a great day. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Nicholas. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the blockchain.com podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please like and subscribe to the show. And if your friends and family are embarking on their crypto journey, why not share this episode with them? If you haven't already, visit Blockchain.com to sign up for a free crypto wallet today. We've been around since 2011, and we're the world's most popular way to buy, sell, and trade crypto. See you next time.